0: Listen, I am so sick of the left's selective outrage over which lives matter and which lives don't. We had a 16-year-old who died in custody at the border and it's the most tragic thing in the world. Something must be done. Something must be done? That's what we've been saying for years. But it's only a crisis when an illegal immigrant dies, not an American. Thousands of Americans are killed and the left, they don't see any tragedy there. What about all the people being killed left and right at the hands of illegals? Well, that's just the price we pay for adding to the wonderful tapestry of America by resettling immigrants into the country. And if you aren't in favor of it, you are a raging bigot. All right, we don't want people dying at the border. Can we agree? Can we fix this? All right, we have 16-year-old Carlos Gregorio Hernandez Vasquez. He was found unresponsive after being taken into custody at, after crossing the southern border in Texas's Rio Grande Valley. He was reportedly diagnosed with the flu, and efforts to revive him failed. He was with a group of 70 people. 70 people. Remember, we told you about this. This is what they do. They overwhelm border officers by coming in groups of nearly 100 people so they can't handle it. It's the new caravan. 10,000 people is too obvious, so they have to overwhelm individual border officers by coming in groups of 70 to 100. So more on that soon. First, I wanna tell you about our sponsor today, who is Relief Factor. Now, inflammation is a part of a normal functioning immune system, but sometimes your inflammation, it sticks around. You know, when you're like, ah, I don't remember doing anything to my lower back, but it kind of still hurts, maybe in your neck, maybe in your shoulders. Well, it's probably because you have leftover inflammation but you kind of just you know ignore it and you accept that you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life, doesn't have to be that way. Relief Factor can help. We've seen so many of Relief Factor's clients here at Blaze Media. It has been helping so many of our employees. We also hear from people in our audience who tell us it's literally life-changing. Relief Factor was created by doctors made from omega-3, turmeric, and then two other natural ingredients that I can't pronounce. So it's 100% drug-free. They are offering a three-week quick start for only $19.95. It's like a trial pack. It comes out to a dollar a day. And 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for only $19.95, they go on to order more. So stop the unnecessary pain with Relief Factor and their three-week quick start for only $19.95. Ease your pain the natural way by going to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. So anyone, anytime someone dies, it's terrible, right? It's terrible, especially when it's a kid. We don't like death. We are not fans of death. We are fans of life. It is the left that is the death cult. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they switch to caring about life when they see political expediency there. Oh, a 16-year-old illegal immigrant has died? We've never heard of anything so abominable. And there's nothing more tragic to them, even when it's an American, there's nothing more tragic to them when it's an illegal immigrant. And he dies of the flu, despite their cavalier attitude whenever Americans die. Oh, wait, the flu? Wait, the flu? The flu, I was told it was racist and evil to point out the disease at the border. Immigrants don't bring diseases. Immigrants are perfect. And for the left, there is nothing more tragic than when one dies because of the perilous decision to come into the country illegally. I mean, they all of a sudden they care. We're talking about human life. Really? You guys care about human life? What about the life of Kate Steinle? when she was struck by a bullet and she screamed to her father as she was collapsing to the ground. No, the liberal courts, they let her murder her off the hook and liberals ran to her murderers defense. Oh, it was just an accident. He was just trying to pick up a package and accidentally shot her in the back of her head. Stuff happens, right? Stuff happens. What about all of the other parents who have had their children killed by undocumented immigrants? What about Mary Ann Mendoza? What about Jamil Shaw? What about Sabina Durden and her son Dom? When they tell their stories, reporters, they roll their eyes, I'm not kidding. They roll their eyes, I've seen it in person. They come up to tell their stories, reporters go, oh boy, oh, here they come. But I bet if this mother of this 16 year old who died at the border were to tell her story, they'd break down in tears. After all, for them, illegal lives matter more than Americans' lives. This is an appalling pattern of immorality and inhumanity, they scream over at the Border Network for Human Rights. You don't hear the Border Network of Human Rights talking about the illegal immigrant from Kenya charged with smothering and killing a dozen women in Texas. You don't hear them talking about that. That's not inhumane. You don't hear them calling that immoral and inhumane because, of course, it's an illegal immigrant. And that would counter their whole narrative that the only people who want to break into the country through the border or otherwise are teachers and inventors and founders and scholars and programmers. And they don't do anything bad. Nothing. By the way, did you know that the father of the Colorado shooting suspect, you know, the shooting that you never hear about because one of the suspects is a transgender? Hmm. Well, one of the the suspect, the transgender suspect, his father is a Mexican national convicted of violent crimes. The guy has been deported three times. This, you know, because of that will be the least covered school shooting in history. Now, over at the fake news network, you rarely hear them covering any of these stories. I wonder why that's so odd. Why do we want to talk about this stuff? You know, when the 16-year-old illegal immigrant dies, though, oh, they're on it like white on rice. Don Lemon, he can't believe his very eyes. We don't know much about what is being done to keep migrant kids healthy. In fact, what we have seen shows that many of these children and families are living in less than ideal conditions. Tonight, there are five families who are without their children forever. Did we do all that we can do to give these children an opportunity to breathe free in America? Well, guess what, Don? There are countless families, far more than five, who are without their children forever. And we know for a fact that we did not do all that we can to give those children an opportunity to breathe free. In fact, there is an entire political party that is hell-bent on making sure we avoid policies that would give them that opportunity. And why are we expected to save every last person at the border? Why is that our job? Children whose parents decided to drag them on a very dangerous journey to break into the country, but not our job to do everything we can to protect our own kids. It's our job to protect all of the illegal immigrant kids, but not our own kids here in America. We can't blame the parents. That's what they've always done for their kids, Don Lemon argues. They've always dragged their children hundreds of miles through cartel-controlled lands and over deserts without proper food, water, and shelter. And I guess, therefore, we should just accept it. We need to start taking care of Americans because these people, it's ridiculous. If you follow these people's thinking through to its logical conclusion, it doesn't make any sense. They're saying this because of some poem at the bottom of a statue the French gave us. Remember, we didn't even build her. The poem says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. And therefore, because the poem says that we have to let everyone in without even knowing who they are. I mean, do they know it's a poem? That it's not actually a policy? The idea that any checks on illegal immigration is wrong literally does not make any sense. Any sovereign nation has a duty to enforce its border to know who's coming in and out. It's the most basic concept in the world. Anything else is open borders. And yet the Democrats are openly advocating that we don't need to do anything at the border. Just let everyone in. Open borders, anarchy. I wouldn't keep them in detention at all. But you oppose even what the Obama administration did in terms of keeping families together or keeping them together for a longer period of time in detention? I I wouldn't. As president of the United States, I wouldn't use the detention system at all. Homeland Security, though, is saying hundreds of thousands of people are, are crossing the border and they need to go somewhere before their asylum claims are actually heard. What would you do with them? They don't need to be incarcerated. They can, if they're given a lawyer and given a process, they will follow it. They can go into the community in the way we used to handle these cases under the Department of Justice. Mm. Don't detain them at all. Don't incarcerate them. That, that is Christian Gillibrand's genius solution. It is open borders anarchy. That's what we're dealing with. They think the solution is to just let everyone in if they want to come. There's no process. And just let them in. Don't detain them. Don't do anything. Just let them come into America and kill our kids. The situation at the border is not sustainable the way it is. We have 100,000 people being apprehended every month. Ice has released 168,000 just since December, and another 33,000 were released directly by Customs and Border Protection from March 19th to early May without ever having been processed in an ICE holding facility. And that is because they are massively overwhelmed. We've got 52,000 people that are now being detained by ICE, and apparently that is an all-time high. On top of that, they now want us to ensure that we give great health care to anyone who decides to bring their child up here through that dangerous journey and give them health care to ensure that they live. It's wildly unreasonable. We have to, to protect our own people. That the, What their parents decide to do should not be our responsibility. The blame should be put on the parents who put their kids in this horrible situation. It is their responsibility. And yet, and yet. No responsibility is being put on the parents. No, it's all our fault. It's Donald Trump's fault. Orange man, bad. Orange man, bad. And apparently, because of this mentality, we have to bear the responsibility and the consequences for a family's decision to come here illegally and make that extremely dangerous journey. It's absolute hogwash and it makes zero sense. So that is today's main story. And now we go out of the house for a complete change in tone to Dunkin' Donuts. God bless Dunkin' Donuts. They apparently understand. Hey, you know what? Hey, conservatives. They drink coffee too. Isn't that such a novel concept? Out of the house now. I think I'm just. I think I'm just gonna do the rest of the show like this. I mean, really. God bless Dunkin' Donuts. Right. Good donuts. Great coffee. Hmm. Although whoever put milk in my coffee will not have a job tomorrow. Mark my words. Is that that soy? I can feel my tea levels dropping as we speak. All right, I wanna quickly tell you about Mark Levin's new book because it is causing quite a stir. Have you guys seen the headlines? Fox News host, Mark Levin's new book, dethrones Howard Stern from Amazon bestseller list. That's from The Wrap. Mark Levin's press bashing book, number one, three days before its release. Get that, number one three days before its release. CNN's Brian Stelter, oh, we love Brian Stelter, he takes a jab at Mark Levin's number one book before he even read it, and Levin strikes back. This book, Unfreedom of the Press from Mark Levin, Blaze TV's Mark Levin, has barely been released and it's already causing a huge stir. Mark Levin is calling for a reformation in the media and it's high time we as American citizens take up our responsibility and the press do the same before it's too late. I hope you've ordered your copy. If you haven't ordered your copy already, do it now. Unfreedom of the Press, it was just released today, so you can find it at your local bookstore or order it on Amazon. Do it right now. Order your copy of Unfreedom of the Press today. Okay, so the reason we're talking, reason why we're talking Duncan, make this look a little nicer, is because it drives me nuts. And as far as I know, I'm not alone in this. It drives me absolutely nuts when brands get political. You know, remember the annoying, ridiculous Colin Krapernick Nike stuff? See these Nikes? We're setting them on fire! Remember? Oh, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Give me a frickin' break. I- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sacrifice all of my Nikes, all right? That's where I'm gonna start. Because you, Nike, are a sneaker company who uses child labor to make your products. So I can't exactly take you seriously when you say you're committed to justice. And Starbucks, they're another one of those brands that they, they can't get over the, how noble they are. They can't get off their hollow little soapbox. In 2017, they committed to hiring 10,000 refugees. Oh, aren't you so wonderful, Starbucks? Congratulations. And then there was that catastrophic race together campaign. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing I really want to do is talk to a stranger before I've had my coffee about race relations in America. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant thinking. And who thought up that genius plan? Oh, that was done by Howard Schultz, who was out there somewhere on the campaign trail, seriously thinking that he's going to be the next president of the United States. If it doesn't work out, maybe, I don't know, he can be de Blasio's running mate, because both of them have just as little of a shot in hell at winning. But both, actually, both New York and Starbucks, they've both gone to pot. So, you know, they have that in common. You know, New York. The streets are littered with trash, littered with drug addicts, while de Blasio is off on the campaign trail talking about what kind of music he likes to listen to. Oh, I like ska. Have you heard the word ska since like 1999? And then Starbucks is kind of going the same way as New York City. I got to tell you, I was in a Starbucks because there was no other coffee shop like in sight. And the woman asked the the barista, she asked for the man's name in front of me. She goes, what's your name? So I can put it on the cup. He says, my name is Rob. Want to know what she says? Can you spell that? Rob? You, you need spelling for Rob, excuse me? You know what, I'm actually impressed. I'm actually impressed because if you went out on the streets and, and picked a random person, they would be smarter than the clowns they find to work at Starbucks. And now they wanna inject social justice into the mix. That sounds like the perfect way to send your customers running for the hills. When brands get political, it always just feels like really cheap. I mean, we know you're just trying to drum up some more publicity for your burnt coffee and overly processed breakfast sandwiches that are disgusting. And my question to Starbucks is, why would I want to order your coffee if I know it's full of crap? But thankfully, thankfully, there is one company, there is one company out there that stands out from the woke brands of America, and that is Dunkin' Donuts. One of their executives stated at the International Trademark Association's annual meeting, quote, We are not Starbucks. We aren't political. We aren't going to put stuff on our cups to start conversations. We don't want to engage you in political conversation. We want to get you in and out of our store in seconds. It's donuts and ice cream. Just be happy. We need more of that. Just be happy. I love that. I love that. Just get your breakfast and get a move on with your life. Bravo, Dunkin' Donuts, for not making your customers feel like they need to choose between upholding their values and eating your donuts. There's just no need for it. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm down for political discuss- discussions. It's my whole job is to talk about politics. But there are plenty of times when it's just not necessary. Politics are all about our differences. I, I know there's all those people on the campaign trail going on and on about how there's more that unites us, than divides us, and fine, okay, that's true. But campaigns, campaigns are literally all about differences. That's what makes a campaign, differences in belief, differences in values, differences in style, and how those differences will be used to win an election. Now, it's not always pretty, not always clean, of course, but it is literally what makes our country work and what we were founded on. And that is why it is ultimately so important, despite sometimes wanting to say, you know what, ah, can I just get out of this? I'd I'd rather just be on a ranch somewhere minding my own business. But sorry, cannot, the country is at stake. But when your coffee brands, when your donut brand, when your ice cream brand, when they get political, when there is literally no need to, all it does is highlight our differences and make them feel bigger and more divisive than they really are. At that same conference where Dunkin' Donuts set the bar that all brands should follow, the president of the International Trademark Association cited a new study saying the next generation of consumers believe brands should do good in the world. They should do good for the men and women of America. Well, you want to know something? The best way they can do that is by making quality products at fair prices, following best business practices. And you know what? Staying the hell out of politics. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief Podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.